0: It's the gentle ocean breeze that sweeps you off your feet. The 99 holes of championship golf that offer endless possibilities. The small town southern charm that embraces you everywhere you go. From the beaches in the east to the marshes in the west, there's a special feeling you get on Amelia Island. It's a real thing. It's an island thing. Make it your thing. Start planning your Northeast Florida beach escape now at AmeliaIsland.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. My name is Deborah Hatswell, and you're listening to BBR Investigations. This week, I have some reports to share that have come into BBR in the last few weeks. Last week, I shared a case with you from Kirkill Forest where a couple out with a grandson captured a picture of a strange creature. I have another image that I'd like you to take a look at, as it was taken in an area where we have one investigator. Watching that one area, and it has ongoing activity. I'll also be sharing a report from Canic Chase that has so far remained untold. I will share the details of these cases throughout the show. First, let's go back to Scotland for yet another strange report. This year, the reports of eyeshine, shine, and howling, and growling, or a full-on creature sighting, have happened much later in the year than normal. I think the drought may be the cause of this, but I'm unsure if there are other reasons that I'm unaware of. Last week I shared some reports with you from the Culloden Battlefield area and our first report today takes place in Fire-ish in Venice. I was incredibly grateful to receive an email from a chap named Andy Gettings. Andy shared a report with me that happened to his work colleague very recently. I would like to thank Andy for sharing this with me, and allowing me to share it with you all. When Andy gave me permission to share the experience, he made a very vital statement. He said, I am happy for you to share this Deb. I think the more information put out into the public domain would greatly increase the likelihood of people recounting their own experiences as they realise they are not alone in what they have seen. Here is the report. An unexplained howling. An I shine in the woods, fire-ish in Inverness, the second of december, twenty twenty-two. Witness report Andy Gettings. I'm writing this report on behalf of a work colleague who had what he described as an unnerving experience on the night of Friday the second of December, twenty twenty two. He is thirty years of age, a regular camper, and he's never experienced anything like this before. He states that he was staying in his camper van in the Firish car park, which is north of Inverness in Scotland, at a place called Alness. While staying there, he was walking in the woods with his dog about 7pm, and as he walked he noticed eyes shine in the region of about 50 metres in front of where he was standing. Being well acquainted with the outdoor life, this was not a particular unusual occurrence for him. He walked with his dogs and returned to his van for the night. He rose at approximately five thirty AM and took the dog for its morning walk along the same trail he'd taken the night before. He estimates that he'd walked about one and a half kilometers when he was alerted to a loud animal noise that he couldn't identify. He listened and then carried on. Walking further along the trail he was startled when the same noise was heard again, only this time it was a lot louder in volume and at this time a sense of fear was felt by my work colleague and he made a quick retreat back to the relative safety of his van. He described the noise as a howl that had no undulating tone and after sharing some information from the Thinker Thunker YouTube channel and Bigfoot vocalisations with him he was amazed that one of the sounds I played was exactly the same as the one he described. He said that is what it sounded like. Now, within a few kilometres from Firish, along the coast, there are two reports of very strange creatures, each with a frightening appearance. If you live on our island, you become very aware of the shipping weather reports. The shipping forecast, many of us have listened to that. One place that is always mentioned in the shipping report is Cremata. Absolutely beautiful, wild and rugged, to say the least. Now a fisherman was walking home to Cromarty on the Inverness Road after visiting a friend in the Upper Parish. He had an experience he struggled to explain and in his own words he stated that the night was still and calm but there was a thick mantle of almost yellowish clouds that obscured the light from the moon and he said everything beyond the edges was really hard to make out. Out of nowhere he heard a terrible noise, like a huge pack of angry snarling howls and they were somewhere very near him just beyond the hedge. He was of course somewhat confused by this and he put his hands in his pockets hoping to find something to calm the beast but there was nothing but the last crumbs from the food that he would had on the boat. He held the crumbs out anyway thinking they might appease the dogs that were surrounding him. But there were no dogs, there was only a man walking beside him, beyond the hedge, keeping up with him, and the baying noise had stopped. Good, he thought, the dogs must belong to him, so I'll be fine. But when he reached the gap in the hedge, he saw the figure of the man grow, and grow, until it dropped down onto four legs, and turned itself into a huge black horse. He quickened his pace, but the horse did too. He slowed. He stood still and the horse did too. So trying to calm himself, he walked at his usual speed. The horse walked beside him. He saw it was an ugly kind of horse, a black, shaggy and limping thing, and when it reached the cemetery, a couple of hundred yards out of the town, the creature stopped, and the air filled with a sudden blinding light, like lightning, and it blinded the man. And on recovering his sight, he found that he was completely alone. I've heard the description of this creature in a recent case from about last year, I think it was in the northeast of England. Three people walking saw a humanoid shaped figure that changed shape and dropped down onto all fours. Each person described the figure differently. For one, it became a black stallion. And for the second, it resembled a thick, muscular black dog. He actually described it as a shuck. And the third member of the walking party was female. And she described the figure when it changed as almost minotaur in its features. For each of them, it resembled a thickly muscled creature, a creature that they all struggled to describe. Now, the creature in our next case is from just a short walk from Cromarta, And he's called the Cromati Goatman, or the Sator. And he, I found it in an old dusty copy of Ghost Stories I came across. And it was a report that had been related to a Miss Violet Tweedale. And Violet shares an experience related to her by her friend, the Countess of Cromata. Violet states, I remember Lillian, Countess of Cromata. She told me a very strange incident that happened to her once. Lillian was walking alone one bright summer morning in Windsor Great Park, and suddenly she saw an amazing looking creature loping slowly towards her. This creature resembled an enormous hare, that is to say, its legs and head were those of a hare, but its size was that of a goat, and its horned head was half goat, half hare. This creature, loping without any fear, and with a hair's movement, came straight towards her. She stood still and breathlessly waited for its approach. It passed quite close to her, and as it did so, she struck at it with a parasol, and it instantly disappeared. I wonder if the Countess saw the King Hare, a legend here in the UK, a recent sighting in Dorset by one lady made it into the local newspaper. After she saw a creature impossible to describe, the mystery of the giant deer sized king hare of Dorset. Louise Hodgson is convinced that she saw a hare the size of a roe deer surrounded by normal sized hares in a Dorset valley. Louise, who now runs a sacred sight tour in Dorset, said she was on the nearby downs when she met a small group of Roman Gypsies who were out with their lurcher dogs. Louise said, we came to a blind valley and it was early September, so it was an unusual sight for that time of year. But there was a group of about ten to thirteen hares with what we thought was a deer. But it wasn't. It was a hare. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. we were prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. and it was a wonderful experience. It shows there are still some secrets out in nature. Louise said the magical experience happened during a country trek she took from the Cotswolds to Dorset, but the vision has haunted her ever since. She recounted the tale during a question-and-answer session with Marion Green um, at the annual occult conference in Glastonbury. Louise asked the audience if anyone else had ever come across a creature like that. In the countryside many things happen, the king or queen hares are out there, sylphs and satyrs and all living beings are there, around us. Some want to speak to us again, connect with us again, and we can obviously do that, but we can also be oblivious to what is going on around us. Louise explained that she had been near the village of Uplodders near Bridport in Dorset when the strange event happened asked if she could have actually been mistaken and she could have just seen a deer. She said, no, there were proper Romany gypsies, are very used to outdoor life and I'm used to the countryside. Neither of us knew what we were looking at. It was a hare with the ears and everything that you would get from a hare, but it was extraordinary. She has heard of one other person seeing a gigantic hare here in the countryside and she said, if you are open to seeing things it can happen. Now Darcy is known for a number of strange creature reports, one of which features a creature seen in a local park and we are lucky that that witness took a photograph of it and a neighbour who may just have experienced the same odd animal actually sat and sketched out what she saw. In March of 2013, a 17 year old student by the name of Terry Lee Cox noticed a creature bounding around the playing fields just outside of her home in Dorchester, Dorset. Miss Cox contacted the local newspaper and made a report of what she saw and she said, It was such a shock. I couldn't believe what I was seeing at first. It looked to be about the size of a small gorilla and it was walking like one of them as well. It was using its arms and its feet. It was definitely a monkey because you could tell by its hunchback and the way that it scampered across the field and up a tree. It wasn't a black dog or an animal you would usually see. Miss Cox managed to quickly take a photograph of the creature with her mobile phone and she tried to get a better picture but the creature was no longer visible. Her boyfriend went to investigate the part for himself and moments later the creature had gone. Now, if the newspapers had done a better job and done some digging as I did, they may have made it easier for another witness to what I believe is possibly the same creature to come forward. I am also sure Miss Cox would have liked to know that a lady living not too far away saw a strange creature that fits the description in the image taken by Miss Cox, only this time the creature was in her home. Whilst researching this story, one of our BBR members came across a post on a Facebook group that covers the subjects of folklore, legends, and strange events. One of the posts caught our members' eye as a lady was looking for information on a strange creature she saw at her home one evening. And she was asking if anyone in the local area had witnessed the same creature she saw leaving her home one night. She said When I came home one night, I had a really strange experience, it happened about 17 years ago now, so around 2015, I returned home late to my house which was empty and something crashed by me as I went to open the door, whatever it was it came from inside my house and it left through the cat flap which I presume is how it entered in the first place but it was not a cat, I have no idea what this thing was. It resembled both a small tailless monkey and a dog, and it was grey-black in color and was covered in hair and fur. I did see something in the paper many years later, where someone close by saw a similar thing in the park. I've added a picture showing what these things looked like. Now the creatures described by both women were down on all fours when they were spotted. Both described a creature with no tail. That was ape like in some way. Is it the same creature that's being seen, or one of many that calls that area home? Now, there's another report close by that I think may be a similar creature. If not, then Dorset is home to a host of strange chrisses. This took place in 2017, and the report came into me early in November of that year. I was contacted by a man who asked me if any of our researchers were out on an investigation in Holway Woods. I advised him that none of our teams were out there this weekend. In fact, I checked some Hunter Dorset researchers and nobody had been out in that area that we know of. He went on to explain, I decided to take the dog out for a run today and we set off in the car. We arrived at Holway Woods and everything was quiet. It was a normal, cold, wet day. I didn't see anyone else out there that day. There were no people around and no cars in the car park. But I'd only been out of the car a few minutes when I heard what I can only describe as a whoop. He stood out to me as unusual and I turned around expecting to see people making noise but there was nobody there. So I looked around some more but I still couldn't see anyone. I decided to whoop back. Why? I don't know. But I just did it. I whoops in a much deeper voice than normal but I didn't get a reply, all was quiet. There was no reply, no response, no further whoop. It was puzzling but I just went on with the walk. Then I noticed what I thought was a greeny grey looking dog running down below me amongst the trees. Now I couldn't make it out clearly at any point. It was just an animal with hair or fur in a strange colour moving down below in the trees and the brush. I waited for the owner to walk with it, or at least catch up to the dog at some point, but there was nobody around, and the dog had just gone. To be honest, I was feeling a bit spooked at this point, so I went back to my car and I went home. He went on to say, Close to this area is a place called Sanford Orcus, and historically it has tales of wild men. And indeed, the name Orcus derives from the Latin Roman word for wild man or ogre. He is correct in stating Stamford Orcus is known as the land of the wild man, with around ten other encounters in the area. Many of those encounters include whoops, howls, and screams, and sightings of upright, hairy walking figures. And Stamford Orcus also has one of the oldest reports in the UK. It was pointed out to me that this creature fits the description of the Susith. And in Scottish and Irish legend, the Susith, which means fairy dog, was said to have a dark green shaggy coat and to be about the size of a large calf. Green is a very traditional colour, you know, that's ab- attributed to the fairy realm. It was said that its eyes were large and had a fiery glow, and that its tail was long and curled, and sometimes that tail would be braided. It's said to have paws the size of a man's hand, and the beast was said to roam the wild moors and highlands, making its lair in rocky clefts and crevices. In our next case tonight, we go to an area around Dungeness, and it's an area I would like to keep secret, as there is a long-term habituation site there, and one investigator has worked the woods herself for many years, and of course we would like to keep it that way. It has been a bit of a dilemma as the area has lots of ongoing activity and our investigator has gotten close enough to take a really intriguing photograph. We have chatted back and forth about revealing the image and our investigator was really happy for me to do that. The images are all taken by our BBR investigator and they have been shared with her permission. I have added a link to them. And you'll find that link in the description below. In 2022, our investigator got a first glimpse of a creature in the area that she'd been investigating. She contacted me and shared the details of that event. Here's a brief catch up for anyone who's not heard the case before, and then I'll update you on the future events. It was October 2022, and she said, I wasn't sure about approaching you with my sighting that occurred. But it's been on my mind to do so for the last few weeks. The forest bean I saw was what I believed to be cloaked. He was almost solid black in colour, but as he was so close I was able to make out that I could, in part, see the foliage behind him. I could see right through him, as though he was a shadow or slightly out of phase. I appreciate that this community is still divided between flesh and blood sasquatch and sasquatch that potentially have other gifts, this being part of the reason I haven't shared before. But on researching, I have been really surprised at just how many other people have experienced encounters just like mine. She said, I have also experienced another anomaly that day which I will mention because this is something that I personally not heard anyone mentioned before and I feel it may be useful to have on record but I will cover what I saw first. My sighting occurred on the 12th of October 2020 and I was researching a forest that I have had many experiences in over the last few years. I was heading towards the exit and was a bit anxious to be leaving. It was near dusk and it had started to rain again which meant I was losing light fast. Plus due to lockdowns I shouldn't have been out late, I was also out researching on my own. But I would had a great day and had found some great structures so all was good. And it was at that point that I caught movement slightly ahead and to my left when I turned I saw a forest being run into the shrub line inside the wooded area to the my left and he ran right past me until he was out of sight. He was no more than 25 feet away if that and it was the shock of it more than anything. Although I'm out researching them, it doesn't quite prepare you for seeing one, and at no point did I feel threatened or anything negative, but I did feel shocked. Though my sighting lasted just a handful of seconds, it felt like ages, especially as my brain was trying to process what I was seeing. I can still recall my thought process as though it had just happened. The forest section I was in was flat, and level with a footpath and didn't have to look up at all. So allowing for distance, I guess his height would be 5'10", 6 feet, something like that. His outline was clear and though I couldn't see his facial features, definition was clear enough to say he was male. The hunch posture still gets me. I've read of this but it's hard to explain. It makes a silhouette seem an almost unbroken bizarre amalgamation of man and something not man. The top line was one unbroken curve and for a person to achieve this he would have had to be running head down and doubled over almost in a running slouching position. Yet the torso of what I saw was mainly upright and only slightly tipped forward. The speed was similar to a fast jog, it seemed effortless as though he could maintain that speed for hours. His colour was almost black, with the branches and foliage behind him appearing through him, as a colour similar to slate grey. You could see dark greens and browns, and I'm guessing these colours belonged to the background and were not his. It was almost as if he was throwing the colours. There was no sound. It'd been showering on and off all day, which may explain why his footfall was silent. But I remember being surprised that I wasn't hearing any movement of foliage as he passed close enough to be at least touching some of it. But there was nothing out there, no wind, no animal sounds, the woods were notably silent. His head was upright and looking forward and he turned slightly to his right as if he was about to change direction as he went out of sight. His build was solid to thick set even though he was moving athletically. There was a ripple in the movement, it was really odd. At one point a single ripple passed through him vertically from front to back. And my initial thought at the time as I saw this ripple was that it looked like they could bend light. I saw him cover a distance of around 30 feet or less, but with little movement up and down. I have no idea how many strides that took him, but I got the impression that it wasn't too many he was a wedding away from me to the entrance and moving back into the forest, and that's about as much detail as I can remember from the encounter. If he had been only ten feet deeper in the woods I wouldn't have been able to see him, so I guess I was meant to see him. He made no effort to hide or increase his speed at all, or even duck deeper into the woods and seeing me. He appeared at a running jog, slightly in front of me, ran past me in full view no more than 25 feet away before disappearing back into the forest. I would say over the last few years things have been building into something here. I stay in the same area and I visit as often as I can. And At first I would hear branches pinging behind me as I would walk. The atmosphere would suddenly change and everything would become completely silent. And then I would hear huge thuds and thumps that you could feel with your feet. And there was a time when I got lost. I was going in the wrong direction, not finding any place marks to get me back on track. At first it was a simple annoyance, but after what I felt like a considerable amount of time, I realised my situation was going from bad to worse. It was getting darker and I only had about an hour until full dark and the undergrowth and shrubbery was getting to the point of being impassable. As strange as it sounded, I then got the thought that I was to turn around. I was heading in the wrong direction and to go back the way I'd come. I listened and that's what I did. And what felt like less than 10 minutes after that, to my relief and surprise, I found the original path. This happened just before I saw him. And I wonder if he'd been following me the whole time. And I saw him as he ran back into the woods. My experience could sound to some like someone who would got herself lost in the woods and whose anxiety then led to her seeing something fanciful. I can't stress enough that this wasn't the case. I was relieved to know where the exit was and that I wouldn't have to try and find it in the dark. My sighting was a shock as it was totally unexpected, but as I mentioned before, he wasn't hiding, he was in almost full view. And he wasn't particularly hurrying to be out of sight either. For me, it was a very positive experience. She also had a compass on her that day. And she realised after she'd heard the voice telling her to turn around, she got back to the car park, that the compass was acting in the complete opposite way that it would normally would, as if something had affected the magnetic energy of the area in some way. And as I say, um, an update came in in December and she said, Hi Deb, I'm still searching in the same area and I've had some really strange things happening of late. I found and photographed a number of what I believe to be prints in the snow, but I thought you'd want to see it. And as you know, I'd like to keep where I investigate secret, but I do take family there on occasion. We started camping out as it's private land and the summer after my sighting, my brother had one too. We were both on a hike going through a massive forest. My brother was ahead of me a bit and when he stopped dead and just stared into the forest to his right and when I reached him, I asked what caught his attention and he explained that a figure that was about five and a half feet tall had been looking out at him from behind a tree and then it quickly bucked down. We waited for a while in case he and she reappeared on the other side of the tree. I started videoing, I asked my brother a few questions about what he would seen but despite waiting for a bit the figure didn't emerge and there was nothing caught on the footage either. Just less than a mile further up we did find a bare footprint of a size that would fit a figure of around 5.5 feet tall. All my brother saw was a dark shape of something ducked behind the tree and bucked down that nothing we know in the UK would match its description. We camp out a season when we get the place to ourselves or just a, you know, a couple of other campers. This year I took my mum camping there. She knows of my research but her interests are far more UFO based. We had been out on a hike and due to her disability she would remained behind. We heard our usual thumps etc while out walking but when we returned to camp my mum was super excited and told us that while we were gone, she'd heard a very audible grunt from the forest around her. Now this is something that I've also heard over the last year or so and sometimes I hear it as close as 20 feet away. The closest grunt that's happened sounded as if whatever made it had incredible size to its chest. The sound rumbled through the chest. About 3-4 to a.m. a couple of years back I also heard vocals and it was just one word. That sounded like the Sierra Sounds. I've also heard rock clacking during the night on my first night stay over there. I've attached the photos that may or may not be footprints and a photo from the day my brother had decided that again may be something or maybe nothing. To be honest, there is far more activity happening in the area than we've mentioned tonight, but I feel this area is important and it needs to be left alone. With just one person collecting the fines and saving them. They are used to her down there and she's used to them. Hopefully, in time, this long term site might give us a clue into what makes an ideal area for them or what happens in what season, anything. I would also be interested if anyone could do some analysis on the images provided by our investigator. Our next case tonight is new. And It came into BBR quite recently, and it was shared with me by a gentleman from the Midlands and the case centres around one of our favourite hotspots here in the UK, the dark and mysterious Canic Chase. In a strange serendipity, the documentary mentioned in our next report had been sent to me a few days earlier by Joe Weeks, who wanted to make me aware of it, as during the film there are several mentions of very early reports of British wildmen. So when the same documentary was sent to me by a chap who shared a report on a military base around 1916, you can imagine I didn't ignore the nudge from the universe. I have added a link to the documentary in the channel in my description below, along with a link to all of the images mentioned tonight, now there are several old reports from across the UK contained within that documentary and you might find it of interest. A Woodroose Encounter Nineteen sixteen. This report was sent to me by Stefan and he said, Hi Deb, I wanted to thank you for your continued efforts in logging all the sightings and stories that come in your way, in particular the British wildman or woodboose encounters, which I am especially interested in. I was brought up in rugeley during the 1960s, which is very close to Cannock Chase in Staffordshire. I don't know if you know, but during the First and Second World Wars, there were two large military camps on Cannock Chase. My friend's grandfather was stationed there during the First World War. His grandfather's name was Ron, and he once told me and my friend about the German prisoners of war that were kept there, and how they'd been afraid to try and escape into the forest because some of them had seen a wild hairy man moving around the trees. He and his fellow soldiers used to mock the Germans about this, and they thought they were just afraid of being caught and shot. Or that they were secretly working on another escape idea and were trying to avoid suspicion. One night, Ron was on duty and him and another guard heard some noises coming from the trees outside the barbed wire perimeter. They were used to hearing deer and badgers and the usual wildlife, and they knew that this was a much larger animal than that. They thought it might be an escaping prisoner. So they went to the wire and they shone their torches into the woods. The noise stopped but Ron said they could both sense that someone or something was watching them. Ron's colleagues suggested that they both turn off their torches and just wait and see what would happen. And when they did this they stood very still and quiet and just listened for further noises. After about a minute they heard the noise again but it seemed much further away this time. Ron said it sounded like stomping feet. They switched their torches back on and shone the beams towards the direction of the noise. Although it was some distance away, they both clearly saw a tall, hairy figure who looked back at them and lifted its arm to cover its eyes from the glare of the light. Ron showed us how it did this. Before the creature's eyes were covered, Ron said they shone a dark red colour, very different from deer, although neither of them took their eyes off the thing, that it seemed to just slowly vanish as they watched. The long hair seemed to become a dead vine hanging down a tree, and the legs and body began to look like the leaves of a rhododendron brush, and there are a lot of those on the chase. At the same time, they sensed that the creature was no longer there. I remember Ron saying It didn't move, it just kind of wasn't there anymore. This always stuck with me Deborah because as you know the hardest thing to understand about these creatures is how they appear and disappear and remain hidden. I've got to agree, for me whatever I saw melted back into that greenery and I have no other way of putting that into words. There's a case in New Malden where a girl on a train is looking at a bush and that bush morphs into a face that she can see that just then melds into the bush. On Wigging Flashes, that guy Paul said, a woman came running up to him and she said that she'd seen a creature that just melded back into the greenery. So it really rings a bell with me. Stefan said, I found an old film on YouTube. Which mentions the military camp and the fact that the Germans believed there was a wild man in the surrounding forest. Ron said after that, they never laughed at the German stories, but they also never told anyone about it in case they were teased, you know, or worse still, disciplined for not going after it. When we were teenagers in the early 1970s, we used to go into the woods on the chase and smoke, you know, take girls for walks, but never at night. Nobody ever said anything. But it was a kind of unwritten rule that if you would not want to be up there at night. I hope this story is interesting for you, Deborah. I wonder just how many more experiences like these that Stefan's just shared have never been shared. If Ron hadn't passed that information on about his sighting around 1916, we wouldn't know about it. I have no doubt there would have been other soldiers and personnel had their own sightings and never told us all. I have been contacted by several serving personnel who have had experiences of their own. Some have them while on duty or exercises, for others the events happen after they left the armour and struggled to fit into society. There are lots of folk living wild in our woods, believe it or not, and they have chosen to leave society behind. It is those folk who see an experience what a casual passerby would not notice. One man contacted my dad and my actual dad interviewed him for me because at the time I had my, both my legs in casts and I couldn't get out there and it happened in 2016 and unfortunately there comes a time for all of us when life just seems like a domino effect And Alan had come out of the armour, he would split up from his wife, he was suffering really badly with PTSD and the only time he ever felt whole was when he was out in the woods with his dogs. So that's what he did. He set up his tent and camp as best he could and just settled in. And he said for a few nights everything was fine, he would camped just off the river, didn't see anybody and he decided that it wasn't such a bad place to be. But all that changed. It came up in a conversation. My dad used to have a market stall, Crossley stall, and Alan, this man, had said, "You're not related to that Crossley on YouTube, are you? That Debbie Crossley who text reports, because that was the name I had back then." And then my dad said, "Well, actually, yeah, that's my daughter." So we phoned me and I said to him, "Dad, I can't get down there. Can you like interview him for me?" And he did. Right? He really did, and he said, "Alan said, he never saw what bothered him, but it did it night after night." and it made him feel watched in the daytime, and he said, It seemed to be walking in such a way as to make me aware that it was there. It wasn't hiding. It had loud thumping feet in the leaves. Rustling was much louder than any small animal would make. I could feel eyes on me as I zipped up for the night, and around 1am something would come into camp, and it would always approach from the southeast." Whatever it was, it stayed within the trees, and it had the bulkiness of a cow. My two dogs never made a sound when it was around, and they're Staffordshire bull terriers they were more than capable of seeing to themselves. But they didn't want to leave the tent until I did each morning, and after too many nights like this, over about a month or so, I used the excuse of winter, headed off into Rossendale and took shelter there. As I say, when he was interviewed, he'd come looking for me and he had no understanding of a British Bigfoot or cryptid until he was able to look online and search for something similar of this shadowing experience that he'd had. Alan said he was ex army and not easily spooked, but that he there was just something about this that he couldn't explain. He said, if I thought it was a person, I would have just moved him on. But whatever it was that I heard, it was no person. His closing reply was, there's something huge moving around in the trees up there at Helmshaw and I'm just glad I didn't see it. I often wonder where Alan is now and if he made it. And if you did and you're out there listening, my legs are fixed. I'm still waiting to have that couple with you. I can come in the car now. In the last few months, I have been inundated reports like these and I will endeavour to bring them to you as we move through 2023. I have also recorded a number of witness interviews and that will be sharing with you all and some updates on older cases that are being investigated as we speak. Now, Enjoy your weekend. As we get closer to spring, the woods are becoming alive. New life showing everywhere. It's time for people to share what their truth is with you all, with all of us, and I will continue to help people do this, and I thank all of you for helping me to do this. You guys are awesome. Until next time, good night.